Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh my word. Hello, everyone. Welcome into the PHNX Rising Podcast. Um, yeah, no short to say this is just a big, big, big day for really the future of American soccer for the USL. For really Don't what we're doing. Off too much, Max. No, this is no, 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 no. I'm not downplaying this. But literally, we found out the news like probably what half an hour or so right before we went live and we started freaking out. You started freaking out. Max, there's a vote involved. Mm-hmm. Now I get too ahead of yourself. Mm-hmm. No, 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 dude. Don't act like you were not jumping around, which you were. Of course, the we we are talking about, it is myself, Mr. Max Simpson, joined by a man who is back stateside in the studio, Mr. Owen Evans. How are you digesting all the news? Uh, on minimal sleep. Mm, mm, mm. Minimal sleep. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, it's a nice way to really get back in the studio. We had a nice show laid out. Really going to be kind of doom and gloom. I mean, not doom and gloom, but a lower key show talking about Miami, really breaking it down further. And we're like, oh, man, we're going to lead off with this. It's going to be kind of sad and kind of a bummer. And then this happens. I mean, yeah. Listen, man, the skinny, the skinny of this, for those of you who are catching up on this with us, uh, you know, there's going to be a vote next month. The USL at the Board of Governors meetings, August 9th through 10th, are going to be voting on the idea of the pro-rel system amongst US, uh, USL Championship, USL League One, and essentially a third tier to be added into in between USL Championship, USL League One. They're not really voting on the framework and specifics, more so even voting amongst the owners to generate um, you know, interest, see if this is something they even want to move forward on. Lots more we are going to get into just with this, but Owen, your initial thoughts on this. Right, so to just put this a little bit more into perspective. So next month, USL will be hosting its media meetings. Now, mm-hmm. we remember those from last year, of course. That was when Rising was playing away in Louisville. So we had a lot of content there. I managed mm-hmm. to meet up with quite a few people. So we met up with people like that. that was when we first heard from Amanda Vandervoort mm-hmm. about the, the USL Super League and the plans for that. That was when we heard from uh, Greg Lalas, the, the chief marketing officer at USL, and we also managed to hear a, a nice lengthy interview with Bill Krauss back then. That's happening this year in Colorado Springs. It's happening around a Colorado Springs switchbacks game there. And that's where the US will be hosting its Board of Governors meeting. Yep. So the Board of Governors being the uh, representatives of ownership from across the league's clubs. Now, they first voted on the basic principle, the idea that USL should be exploring promotion and relegation back in 2021 at the Board of Governors meeting, at the media, uh, media meetings that year in 2021 Mm -hmm. that was in i believe was in san antonio now what we're seeing is something more of a plan perhaps a slightly more concrete plan starting to come forward now it's still obviously not certain um this is all 
The reporting for this is coming from The Athletic. They've uh, had several sources from across USL who are saying that this is on the cards. I think that broadly speaking, it is in keeping with moves that we have seen USL making in recent years. When we look at things like the Super League, they've been getting more adventurous. Not that Super League. Uh, Well, yes. 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 The the Women's Super League (laughs) that they are launching next summer. Mm -hmm. Um, It's broadly speaking, this league is getting more adventurous. They're learning they can try and take on uh, some of the more established leagues. It's not a surprise to me that we're seeing progress on this starting especially as we get much closer to uh just a lot of (sighs) just kind of i guess the the point where mls is starting to have to probably consider drying up some of its expansion um i think mls is going to have to start looking more as as they go down the line now towards things like certain legacy teams may have not kept up with the league and that's how they're going to look to try and make more money than is going to be in the injection of new markets that way. But for USL, I mean, look, I know a lot of people have been looking at this and thinking, okay, we've wanted for so long the idea of USL can compete mm-hmm. um, at a high level. The biggest clubs in USL have a lot of potential. They've got to really hammer home that potential. I think that this could be a really, really big game changer. And I know we, we spoke about this before we came on. I think that actually USL is the right place to do that in some ways. MLS will struggle to establish it in a way perhaps that yep. USL is able to do, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the biggest couple of differentiators kind of call out from the article. Again, you know, it's something where I, the excitement is there. Like, I will not be tempering my excitement. Yes, it's a vote. But this is something where the fact that we are even getting into this point this article would not come out. This would not be moving forward if this was nothing, if this was completely smoke. There is something substantial here. By the way, I want to shout out everyone in the chat. Thank you guys. Absolutely bring it with all the comments. The, the thing here is this is a way where league executives, people around the USL, I think the look was always thinking, how is MLS going to buy into ProRail? I think that was something that was for the soccer casuals, for people who were skeptics of ProRail, for people who liked it. That was always going to be the one hiccup is how are you going to convince MLS owners who are paying a quarter billion, half a billion dollars of their own money to then say, hey, by the way, we're going to implement a ProRail system where if you are one of the worst teams in the league, and there have been some that have been traditionally bad for ages, you're then going to drop down a level where there is way less marketing incentives, way less payouts, everything it essentially turns into a null and void investment. This essentially goes around that and says, hey, if you are a USL club who is either currently in the USL Championship or in USL League One, you have the ability to... Uh, maintain a more competitive status really to help uh, you know additionally lock in more you know partners who are bringing in more advertising money really captivate fans in a new way and if you want to join this new pro rail system that's where they have the middle tier to really help satisfy people who you're not qualifying necessarily for a usl championship club you're not qualifying for a usl league one club you're somewhere in the middle and i'll cap it off with this is a quote from someone who wanted to remain anonymous given the anonymity of everything going on. If you somehow think continuing on our current trajectory will make us competitive and where we all want to be, you're fooling yourself. The reality is MLS will destroy USL long-term on our current trajectory. But if USL successfully adopts ProRel and can get Division One sanctioning for the top level, it will be transformed. Yeah, 
I think, look, that it, you are correct in some ways. Look, the, the issue that you have, I think, though, the issue that MLS and, and top division, uh, you hear the people who argue against ProRail in general argue, is that, well, when you get relegated, there's a huge, um, huge, huge drop-off. Mm -hmm. There's a really big drop-off, and there'll be uh, disinterest from yep. certain fan groups, all of that, and especially the more casual fans. I think what we need to be clear here about is that when you actually look at the championship in League One, for those kind of casual fans, if they're looking at a team that's not in the top flight, mm. the true top flight, do they really care? Um, it's it's the same to most of them, I think, whether you're in Division Two or Division Three. It kind of the arbitrary division levels that we see at the moment mm. in a very disjointed pyramid that is not joined up, that does not clearly go from top division down to the bottom. It, it, you can't move between them particularly freely as you would in a in a more open system mm -hmm. um it's almost as though if you're not top division then what's the difference between two and three people don't really get it people don't really understand that now this does add a bit more structure to that mm -hmm. uh, but i still think that the idea of the casuals that keep your club alive that's not so much of an issue now i will say this there are a couple of challenges i can see number one is going to be how this fits with the professional league standards Okay, that's, mm -hmm. a, that's a big hurdle to, to yep. try and get over, okay? U.S. soccer maintains these pro league standards that uh, restrict things such as what kind of requirements you need to have to qualify to be in, uh, in the second tier, what kind of qualifications you need to be in the third tier. Mm -hmm. And it'll be things like market size. It'll be things like ownership money, uh, all of those things. Look, you are... How are you going to necessarily meet those if you're looking at having a truly open system and making sure yeah. that you're going to have a, a high enough percentage in certain areas, all those kind of things that come in? It's not easy. Um, it may require some U.S. soccer buy-in. Here's what I'll say. When you look at the U.S. soccer's uh, Pro League Standards Task Force, so the people who set these standards, they meet, they discuss these. What's interesting to me is in most cases, what you find is that things like the Open Cup Committee, things like the... Um, Pro Council, obviously, which is formed of the professional leagues. There's representation from the different leagues there. Mm -hmm. The key thing here is that there is no representation I can discern, obviously, on the Pro League Standards Task Force. It's comprised of these uh, directors and, and that from US Soccer mm -hmm. that, are, that are separate for the most part. That's what the membership appears to be. It'll be the people who are there as, as athlete directors or are there as uh, other wise and born people. There's someone in there who is a really key figure in the 94 world cup bid committee he's yep. on he's on the or the host committee he's on the um on the task force so there's a lot of stuff i think that has to go into from that the other then side of it has to come down to is the ownership going to vote for this and i think they uh, i don't know it, it's complicated i think there's optimism yep um, and I think, broadly speaking, from USL's perspective, and it includes the owners, right? Mm -hmm. There's an understanding that they need to do things to try and stand out, especially as something that's kept USL going in some ways has been, I think, the a, a degree almost of the kind of carrot of the, well, look, MLS might come along the line somewhere, especially for some of the bigger markets, let's mm -hmm. say. Um, I think that MLS's moves in recent years have gone in such a way that they are trying to render the USL team's a little bit more redundant when they expand, okay? We're not right. seeing an FC Cincinnati-type situation whereby the team is stepping up yep. from 
uh, USL into MLS. We're seeing more like San Diego, whereby it's, oh, yep. we're going to be FC San Diego or we're going to be San Diego FC. Yeah. Um, we're going to have nothing to do with San Diego Loyal that has yep. been here for years. And so when you're getting into that, you're getting into the moves they're making with MLS Next Pro, mm-hmm. um, which is predominantly a development league, but they're trying to make look more like perhaps a traditional American minor league model. And it does have the option for independent teams to join, yep. even though, of course, the one that did... Mm. In Rochester, mm. we call them Rochester mm. Rhinos. We call them by their true name, not by their uh, little fake name they ended in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they still try to claim the same history. Yeah. We saw what happened to them. I think that when you are putting all of those things there together, you've got MLS that is not friendly to you anymore at all. No. I think I can see them actually voting to, to move this forward. Now, I, I don't know fully now how if it's going to look like what we're being described at the moment yep. um, or not, whether there's going to be other stumbling blocks along the way, whether it will be done to the kind of timeline that's being spoken about. Because let's be clear, there's talk here about it could even be in a position whereby the bones of this are being set to start next year. Yep. Not fully implemented, sure. but the bones of it starting to come in next year. And for, and for something um, as massive as that is a that is a massive commitment if it does indeed start next year. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. Not least because then you've got to start making your moves as to, well, who's in the top division, who's in that middle yep. tier. And that's yeah. a challenge. That's a challenge because teams have gone into this season. Now. I mean, what, what are you going to do? Say so the playoff teams stay up and everyone else doesn't? All yep. of a sudden, you've made such, such a huge change to it because that's the thing usl championship is going to have to shrink to add a third tier and you will have to shrink you're going to have to drop a few of them guys down pretty much off the bat to just get this going um i'm intrigued i'm really intrigued i mean i think that's 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 what makes this conversation so exciting is we have a couple things that we loosely know but not even fully know there's so much intangibles of what that structure is going to look like when does it begin if it does begin do they play one more season of everyone's in their own set tier and then then the actual relegation starts so it's very fascinating i think the key thing here right and i'm seeing some of the comments right uh damon the chat it's too expensive to promote from usl to mls again it's something where mls for all intents and purposes this is factoring in a completely different conversation well mls and usl the thought possibly in the past hey is there a way to co-promote uh able to do pro rel amongst them i think this all but squashes it right so you know that i think this is the start of look we've had the discussion i think so so long of Mm -hmm. the you know people talk about the the soccer wars and all of that right we we've seen it in terms of at each different level how things go we've seen the um mls against the lower divisions, the way they'll swoop in and take over markets and yeah. try to run teams out of business. We've seen USL do it to lower tiers again in terms of your NPSL, UPSL, yeah. um, NISA kind of leagues yeah. that really run into difficulties sometimes when they try coming up against USL. We've seen it as well there now, most recently, in terms of USL trying to kind of punch back a little bit against NWSL with yeah. what they're doing with the, the Super League. Look... I know, again, Amanda will say these teams can, can coexist in Division 1 in, in the uh, in in the U.S. I'm still not fully convinced. I don't know. We'll have to see. I think that it's too confusing for the fan base on times to have two coexisting D1 leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think here, especially, and this is the other thing to it, is that there's also the talk in here about does USL ultimately, in the long run, look for its top division to be a D1 league? Yep. That is the question. Now, yep. I don't know whether that's something they're going to be able to go down. 
But if they are, and also by the way that they're changing this system, I think in a way that will in some ways pressure MLS. Yeah. No, I, th- I, th- I, th- I think that this yeah. is actually the first time, sorry, that we're, we're seeing mm-hmm. MLS has started fighting uh, the soccer wars, so to speak, in the lower divisions against USL now. This feels like USL retaliating. Yeah, I mean, right, the convergence of MLS, Next Pro, the different initiatives to uh, bring players to the academy. Yes, you have some partnerships, right, of USL clubs amongst MLS. Um, there's been, like to your point, there have been a couple teams who rise up through the USL ranks, MLS. I think you're seeing something where even at the surface level, if MLS is right, in theory, in terms of the soccer audience, where it sits in the landscape from a viewer's perspective, all that jazz, it's not even saying that MLS and this new ProRail system are going to necessarily be competing even for the same eyeballs, right? This is not apples to apples to me. This is apples to kumquats or something. I don't know, but it's it's going to be very interesting how you are fighting for the next generation of fans and those areas where you may not have a MLS team in your region, but maybe you're just going to gravitate toward the MLS team in the city over or in the next state because that's maybe what's available where you find appealing maybe not even knowing that there's a USL team in your backyard I think it's going to really help set forth the different areas throughout the US where there maybe isn't an MLS team and that there's more USL clubs that can pop up well that's where it kind of gets to one of the broader things that people who advocate for motion relegation really go for and that is they compare say example the US to to take an example, we'll take the English league system, right? Yeah. And the idea that everyone has their local club, if you are living in somewhere that's part of the English league system, sure. I mean, of course, you've got the same up in Scotland, you've mm-hmm. got the same in most countries. Yeah. Um, the reason that doesn't happen, and it's not a big part of American sporting culture to do that, is because there's no real chance you ever get anywhere with them. Right. Right? Um, you're supporting a team from two states over because you don't have a team that can actually get anywhere close to the pinnacle yourselves the, the thing is is that with this you're kind of creating a fandom that can then exist over multiple levels yes. that you can follow your team up and down the idea that say for example you must support a top flight team because that's the best way of going about things goes away because now all of a sudden you have this idea that you might have a third or a fourth tier team yeah. in your and that's a captivating city, story and yeah. you can follow them and you have the dream that one day they will be up there. Yeah. Okay, so that's good. I think there's also, and this is, look, I clarified my remarks earlier when I said actually about this is almost a retaliation. I'm not going to say so much that this is USL actively making the decision because of what MLS is doing yep. exactly. But I think it's the first time we're actually seeing them, the battleground per se, move yes. in the direction that's of MLS's territory. That's fair. Rather than it being MLS bringing it to USL. Yeah. Now, I think it's, look, there's so many, so many different things here. I mean, the key thing as well, I, I, I want to make this clear. If USL can get a league together, which meets the Division One professional league standards, uh, my understanding is that US soccer, despite what people say, US soccer, or they're in MLS's pocket, Mm. And they do. They yeah. do that a lot. Mm. I don't think US soccer can actually reject it. I don't think they're legally allowed to. You see that a lot with membership applications for US soccer, right? Yeah. It goes to board of directors. They're told that the membership committee have reviewed it and determined that it is a lawful application. Right. And then it goes to the board of directors. They forward it to national council and they pretty much stand up on the stage at national council and say, 
we legally have to vote for this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Try me. Yeah. Right. A lot of a lot of its systems, they have to spell out the, and that's part of. Um, look, I mean, there's also the comment there from is MLS included with the program? No, no. They're a, they're a separate entity here. Mm. USL is in a position to do this because it controls multiple leagues over multiple levels. They're yeah. trying to do it within their own system. Um, does the requirements of USs have mean all the tiers need to be D2? Not necessarily, Damon. Not necessarily. It's complicated. Um, the PLS, again, still. In theory, mm. you could have a sanctioned D2 league and a sanctioned D3 league where every single team meets the requirements of the D2 league, but they could yeah. still be sanctioned as a D3 league. Yeah, it, I mean... So it, that's it, that's doable. It, um, it's it's, it's complicated. It's really <laughs> it complicated. And that's part of the problem here. The PLS is not set up in a way that obviously makes sense. No, we're not bringing back Reno, Max. <laughs> or Phoenix Rising Nation in the chat. We're not. Oh, my gosh. But the PLS are not set up necessarily in a way that is going to best work, I think, with promotion and relegation. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Dang, and Mikey. send Max back, says Mike. That's tough. No, I and uh, there's there's so much I want to keep. I want to make sure we we address these comments. There are so there's just the chat is absolutely blowing up. Right, I'm seeing people saying. Um, if we scroll up a bit, Las Vegas lights going one day will be in USL League Two. Absolutely, absolutely find that hilarious. That that's a very real possibility. Granted, not League Two would be League One in this hypothetical pro rel, but that's absolutely just something fascinating. I'm seeing uh, Lionel Messi going to be playing at Phoenix Rising Stadium. That is not true because MLS is not involved in this. But again, well, it's maybe, just, maybe maybe he'll ditch MLS. Yes, of course no, he's going to come. He's he going to come to the vaulted USL Championship. I think the very interesting point about this is like we keep on going back to the money owners have to get on board with this whether it is the owners or whoever's gonna be making the making the vote you have to be able to attract new ownership groups that are going to be wanting to buy into this middle tier again usl championship already established usl league one already established they're looking to create that middle tier for those people to come in, to come in to oh and evans in the chat uh Torino, here we go get out of here you're not fabrizio romano um to give you guys an idea I right was once called the welsh fabrizio by someone, i don't think actually. anyone has ever said that they absolutely haven't i'll show you the message I, i'm later. curious how many four peaks they've had um <laughs> i i, I want to get into this there is something that was in this athletic article again it's it's not confirmed number but to give you guys an idea they were saying that they quoted uh, a league one owner anonymously at the asking the entry fee for a usl league one club which again under this new pro rail system would be the third tier was around five million and then giving you perspective again mls not involved in this but we've seen teams go for 250 mil 400 mil this new ownership group in san diego 500 mil Keeping those in mind, if the very top tier of U.S. soccer club level is around half a bill versus League One, the lowest tier of this new pro rail system is about five mil, you're going to have to figure out that price point of... A, that middle tier that's going to be established, what is that fair price for new owners coming in? But then also, once that's established, you then have to th then convince the ownership groups and the teams that are going to be staying in the USL championship of how am I going to be able to not only keep my money's worth if, you know, for this first season, if my t club is at risk for going down in relegation, but also how can I grow over time if my team stays up into that top tier? These are the questions that well, you know they're going to have to come to ownership. You with. know what I'm going to toss out to you now, which is a really big part, actually, I think, of why the vote has to take place now. Mm -hmm. 
USL is currently on a one-year broadcast deal that will expect they extended mm-hmm. with the SPN mm-hmm. Plus. That's a great after point. After their three-year deal with the SPN That's came to its close last at the end of last season, they extended with the SPN for one more year while it's still exploring their yeah. options. If you are going to, at this point, look to go into a long-term broadcast deal, especially because you've got a new league property launching next year in the USL yep. Super League, yep. then you're at a point whereby you want to have some of this on the table, I think. You want to have an idea of what you are pitching to broadcasters, what you are telling them that you're going to provide. And here's the thing. If you create a system now, and I don't know what it's going to look like, mm-hmm. the article doesn't spell it out, I'm sure that in many ways they haven't yet agreed fully how they think it'll look. But imagine this, right? Imagine you have a, t- a league with 16 teams. Uh-huh. And imagine you say you've got eight teams make the playoffs. Uh-huh. And the playoff winner goes up, uh-huh. or the playoff winner, uh, or maybe the league winner overall goes up, and then the, you have a the next best team in the playoffs uh-huh. goes up. Uh-huh. Okay, and then you have two go down uh-huh. until maybe the last game or two. How many of those teams probably have something to play for in some way, shape, or form? I mean, it makes it makes it more and the regular season it, it, is it, suddenly critical. Th- this makes every like this is. This makes everything, every game, even more of a must-watch. That's the key thing, I, think, right? I, think, I think I think the big criticism that we've the, even had the of the USL thing, championship yeah. is everyone everyone's making playoffs. So everyone makes three playoffs, teams but here's playoffs. the thing, then, right? If we say this, if we say, for example, okay, again, go back to your uh, and uh, Luis Manuel Sejas, by the way, saying uh, in response to the talk over promotion and relegation from a rising midfielder, just putting on Twitter, this could be a huge game changer. Hope this goes through. It was on the pod last year, no big deal. He did. Yeah. He did join us on the pod now. Um, I think, you know, again, you're in a position, maybe you have your top team goes up automatically and then everyone else in the playoffs and then you could have two up to down. It, it, it could, you could have almost everyone in the league yep. really doing yep. something that matters for so long. I mean, look at teams like Vegas. Vegas ain't making the playoffs down. They're halfway through the year. They know they're done. They literally they know they're done. won one day. Yeah, they yeah. ain't doing nothing no, in no, this no. league this year. Yeah, I, I. I mean, they're not. It, so, yeah. but you're giving them something Ooh. to fight for. You're keeping them relevant throughout the year. As relevant as Vegas can as be. As relevant can, for the as positive Vegas reasons. Can be. Or, but uh, you're meaning that they, it means something, right? Yeah. And if ESPN's going full stream, World Trans could be huge. Says BJ, yeah, no, exactly. The, look, from a broadcasting perspective, having as many teams as relevant as possible for as long as possible, yes. huge. From an attendance perspective, having as many teams be as relevant as possible for as long as possible, huge. Yes. That's the key thing. People always say, look at how much being in the playoffs can help a team in terms of gate and all of that and look i know it's not easy when you're battling relegation but there's something there to convince people this game matters there's something there that's not just the players going out there and yeah. going through the motions i, I mean I, I would argue this is this is a win for everyone even if you are a usl championship club who is traditionally at the bottom end of the league even like a vegas this, call me you know this is this is where i think i would rather tune into those matches if there is something at stake, even if you go down, even if there's a risk of going down, those matches become much watched rather than just being a bottom feeder of the league as these teams traditionally are where there is zero th- anything at stake, there is nothing to play for, that they are purely just not challenged or incentivized to get better. If you go down, 
that is bad for you, but it then gives you a chance to go back up. There is always something to play for if you have these three tiers of Pro Rail. I want to make sure, by the way, everyone hits the like button. I do want to scroll up to one of the top what, comments. Actually, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Before we move on, there's going to be a lot of comments we want to go back to. Yes. Max, then you well, want no, to well, well, no, there, well, well, no, there, there, was, there was one comment that actually, I, I really quick. I'm trying to push you onto ads, I, Max. I know, I know you, I know you are. It. I know it's by it, J, it's ad man won't take any ads. JDev, J it's uh, one of the first comments, has a, I think one of the top comments uh, at the beginning beginning of the podcast scroll down a little bit uh, a little more da, 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 da. right there uh the second one are you folks sponsored by four peaks have you tried their unreleased t-shot log it was always for an advertisement you thought i was at talking about the fans no 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 this I is ran, of ran, course ran, this is of course for four peaks yes jdev we are sponsored by four peaks they are our proud beer partner over here on the ph next rising podcast yes i have had their delicious t-shot it actually is released by the way you can get one it is in store it is in in their A Street pub. I have a whole case of it over there in the fridge. I forgot to bring it because I was too busy grabbing all the other beers. Have a lot of delicious ones over here. The Wow, the Homebird Bound, a nice red ale, and the Holly Days, which was a, a limited edition uh, salted caramel Baltic Porter. Absolutely. Well, that was nice. Yeah. It was, that was, that was nice. I mean, honestly, we, we were crushing those over the break, but it is absolutely good. Yes, Thomas, got them. You know it, man. Come on. But hey, we love our friends at Four Peaks. Absolutely fantastic stuff there. Reese, uh, don't know what you're talking about. You're clearly not here in person. Get out of here. Um, but no, we absolutely love Four Peaks. Super delicious stuff. Uh, cools down a hot summer day, which is hot as heck here. This conversation absolutely burning up. If you want to try Four Peaks for yourself, check them out on Instagram at Four Peaks Brew and at Four Peaks Pub. And of course, check them out in person on their 8th Street Pub. We are so close to announcing it because we just need a couple things approved. But again, be on the lookout for the World Cup Watch Party USA. We're going to be announcing it later in the week. Just hang tight with us. Want to make it official, official. But check out at phnx underscore underscore rising on twitter for that news but yeah keep, hang tight with us also hang tight with our friends at circle k circle k keeping you cool as well like our friends at four peaks uh yeah it's polar pop season mr owen evans i know you enjoyed one when you were in miami um but yeah you need to drink a lot there you really do be sweaty <laughs> really do you really do no you gotta drink one in miami gotta drink one here we're triple digits it's just that time of year polar pop polar pop keeps you absolutely cold you always got you know the ice the snacks all the great stuff at circle k but you want that polar pop you text phnx to 31310 again that's phnx to 31310 you get a buy one get one free polar pop that's not one but two polar pops for the price of one again our friends at circle k absolutely hooking us up our crew at the Suns, uh, went up to summer league they're already crushing for uh circle k along the way a uh, freaking espo Tried to mix a four loco with a Circle K Polar Pop, which is incredibly unhinged, but also kind of delicious sounding in a weird way. But again, text PHNX to 31310 for buy one, get one free Polar Pops for Arizona listeners. We absolutely love Circle K and our friends at Four Peaks. Drink responsibly for Four Peaks, 21 years or older. And again, check out our friends at Circle K. Oh, man. Uh... This is, is just massive news, man. Again, I really want to shout out everyone in the chat. Y'all absolutely it's are bringing it. It's such a big day that this Max may be cool. buying beers for you. Oh, boy. Yeah, I might be, bu I might be buying beers. He may be buying beers. You are beers. not going to clip this, so I'm just going to stop Max talking. Max buying beers. Uh, get out of here. Uh, no, but this, this is, I think this is something really cool. Again, we will keep you guys. Should we look at the, some other chats that we haven't hit? Him, to be fair. Him, you, so you, calm out. you calm um, out. Let's just scroll up a minute, Leah, please. Uh, producer Leah here, who uh, is... 
Of course, Weary, I'm sure, of votes for big things. Uh, <laughs> She's shaking her head. Shaking the head. Leo, our, Too soon! On, on, from our Coyotes pod. But let's have a look at some of the other things here. Um, we've got Aaron there, football photo. with. Uh, I just want to say I've been predicting this for years. They adopt this format, and then two years later, they bring 12 to 16 in USL Premier. Look, here's the thing. I know there's other comments in here as well. Um, I think just above as well, if we go a little bit up, uh, Goddy Man Pat with a get rid of the conferences, full top division table. And then BJ Blinston with D free and lower has to be regional and then have a playoff to figure out who's going up to d2 look you get all this argument about what does that look like to me i think the perfect format and this is what i would look at it as i don't know if other people would agree or not i think the perfect format is that you want to have your top tier be um a single table i think those are your biggest clubs are most ambitious and the ones that should be ultimately willing to accept the degree of a uh travel increase mm-hmm. really and then i think that your lower down the tiers you go should be more regional yes mm-hmm. and i think then you get into a position whereby if you want to be part of the ecosystem maybe at this point can't afford to go up you can even decline promotion yeah. that happens that happens in leagues sure. sometimes you aren't able to afford the cost of For going up sometimes you don't quite meet all of the requirements yeah. of going up and you decline promotion um despite the fact that you could ultimately win it but it's having the option having the ability that's the important thing there i think overall yeah that's look it's 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 gonna be gonna be big if they can implement this and i think it's gonna really really draw the eyeballs towards that media meetings something that doesn't happen those media meetings often go a little bit under the radar people don't pay that much attention to them they're not that interesting um and they're not very public about it either. Um, USL is quite hush-hush about a lot of these things until they ultimately make decisions that they want to go bigger with. They don't yeah. really like to conduct things in the open. It's not like US soccer, right, with the AGM mm-hmm. and the board of directors meetings that media can go and attend and see all of what's going on at those meetings. No, you've got... They, they all take place in back rooms. Um, it's... It's... Look, I, I, I don't know how quickly we'll get answers on what they're deciding and which way it's going and what people are saying in those meetings. But I, I still just think it's it's exciting to have developments like awesome. that. Um, I think there was an element of this story came out when it did possibly to gauge public reaction. Um, it worked. We need to be wary of the fact that, again, whenever you get stories with unnamed sources, that includes stuff that you get from us sometimes, you always have to remember that people give information to journalists with different motivations. For sure. Okay? If you're not willing to put your name to it, the question you've always got to be asking is, why? So sure. why are you giving the information out? Sure. Why is it now that you want to go down that way? Um, I think that in this case... I'm not entirely sure whether it's convincing people because they're not sure the vote's going to go their way, whether it's convincing people because they just want to make sure. Um, I mean, it was described, I believe, in the Athletic article as optimistic Mm. without being certain. Sure. Um, So here's the thing. We're we're enjoying the discussion. We're enjoying the possibility. Bear in mind, we need to be careful we don't get carried away with it because it is not yet certain that it will happen. Get carried away. But Do it. the chances of it happening now, it feels closer than any point we've ever been. Yep. If we're getting to a point where people are talking about what it'll actually look like when it's there, yeah. and that's people inside this system, yeah. I, 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 it's I, the closest we've been. I mean, again, this is not something also where it's just kind of thrown out there and then oh yeah we'll kind of see what happens again they are not voting on the specific 
framework. But again, the concept of pro rail and to gauge owner interest, to gauge interest. And of likely, likely what I'd expect is that it will probably include elements of what happens next season. Because yes. the planning for that needs to happen now. Yes, especially if they're it looking to launch in include what is several yeah. elements of what they want the final product to look 100%. like. But without um, going directly to the point of saying, yeah. okay... What what do you then do in terms of you know you're not locked into yeah. anything in particular you've still got the room to to maneuver it down the line before it finally gets implemented I don't know I mean here's the thing now and I I'll say this now for um the comment there from BJ uh, about MLS finding a way to change USSF rules I think and I. Don't want to weigh in on this too much because this is where stuff starts getting into legal and that's not something that we're expertise in. We don't have expertise in I'm not, I'm international not, law. Not we don't have expertise in the actions of the Court of Arbitration for Sports in Lausanne. He's not an um, But I will say that it's broadly expect, uh, accepted within the uh, FIFA statutes that the composition of the top division should ultimately be on sporting merit. Yep. They have carved out vague exceptions for the US and Australia on that one in the past. Australia, though, is starting to look towards opening up its league system, mm. worth noting. Mm. Um, I think we have to be cautious around it, but I do think that from MLS's perspective in US soccer, the act of actively blocking promotion and relegation where it otherwise could just about get into the rules the idea of changing u.s soccer's rules to avoid it from being able to take place is then when you get into some very very murky water and i'm not sure that it would be quite as favorable i think you'd end up in cases whereby as well and this is where sometimes the needle moves as well is that people don't like things getting caught up in u.s courts either Okay, it, yep. they like things to take place. Things in the football family take place in the football family. Does it sound mafiosi? <laughs> yes, just a little bit. But that's broadly how they like it. FIFA like things to be kept in house, oh. and when it doesn't keep be kept in house, it goes via the CAS, and then it goes to the Swiss Federal Tribunal. Yep. But it doesn't go to national governments and national courts to try and deal with things. Yes. But the key thing about it is that MLS acting in such a way whereby. Look, I've always been skeptical of going too hard down the MLS US soccer monopoly kind of stuff because ultimately everyone else is this clo closed league system as yeah. well that doesn't even attempt at implementing promotion relegation um, of any real note or their NISA, which is just a car crash, um, a car crash on fire. Oh, gosh. That then has a missile flying into it. Oh, my gosh. In the middle of a nuclear reactor. That's oh, NISA. Um, Jesus. Like, am I wrong? No, but like. No, exactly. Oh right. But. I, I'm less skeptical of the way that you can tar MLS if it's trying to get in mm -hmm. the way of something like this. And people, again, will say things like, oh, but it's not real promotion and relegation because um, you know, it's all within one league. I would remind them that up until, ooh, I think it was the 80s when the, there started to be genuine yeah. um, promotion and relegation between what is now League 2 mm -hmm. and the conference. Yep. Uh, well, the National League as it is now. Um, there was no promotion and relegation outside of the Football League in mm -hmm. England. So to argue that, because of course at that point the Premier Division was still Division 1 under the Football League. Um, 
you had over a hundred years of history where it was the football league controlled effectively everything. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Es- essentially, what Owen is saying, absolutely verbatim, is if this pro rel is blocked for whatever reason uh, by MLS, USL is going to just absolutely go to court, sue everyone. And I make mean, it I wouldn't shock me. <laughs> oh man, no. But, but like, I mean, you'd hope it never comes. No, that. no one wants to see that. Of course. Again. The beautiful part is this is not just random words that we have to wait on with on with some random date. August 9th and 10th at the U.S. Board of Governor meetings in Colorado Springs. That is when we are going to learn more about this. See if this moves forward, right? So it's something to look forward to. We will keep you guys posted. And if you are in Colorado Springs, Max is driving and will buy you beers. Oh, my gosh. This man's my travel agent, apparently. Uh, Lots to lots to talk about again. Keep informed. Uh, okay, I what the heck is that on screen? Put you no, only just noticed it. I, 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 it's been up and down all show, Max. Okay, gosh darn it. No, okay, too. It many. was up for the entirety of the four peaks. Oh dear gosh, I saw the, out of the highlight. I saw the corner of my eye that the can was on there. I didn't see that there was actually text. That's against Four Peaks brand standards. We can never use that again. Anyway, let's move the heck on. Max is buying this. Get out of here. Uh, let's move on to probably a, a, a certainly a less upbeat subject. We do got to talk about some rising stuff, right? Uh, we want to do a bit of a deeper dive on Saturday's match. This is the real palate cleanser. This is a real coming down. This is eating the wasabi after the delicious sushi you just had. Uh, rising, taking an L uh, at Miami. 2-1 over the weekend. Uh, honestly, tough performance. We thought that Rising was the better team in the first half, not so much in the second. Slow start out of the gates in the second half. Uh, Owen, has your thoughts changed any more or less favorably about Rising's performance? It was bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, we see Game of Two Halves wrong. again. We go wrong. back to the old Game of Two Halves. First half, they were a lot more dominant, I think, in that game. Second mm-hmm. half, they came out so sluggish that they ultimately concede again. Yeah. Struggle from there on out. Two really bad goals they concede. Um, and they struggle against that. That's that's hard. It's hard when yeah. you concede two goals on the road. Yeah. In a tough place um, to go to. It's really not easy to go to, um, Miami. to to Miami where it is humid, it is hot. In Leona Messi shadow, of course. Yeah. And there is like 10 people, 200 probably there. They announced 1248. Majority drums. They announced 1248. No, there were like two drums there, man. Loud as heck, dude. Yeah, well, that's because there's no one else there, man. Yeah, but they're echoing. They announced 1248. I don't know the acoustics. I'm just saying. 1248, Max, was the announced attendance. Do you uh, believe it? I'm going to be honest. I, you know, the, no. bro- the broadcast doesn't say everything, but I would say maybe like 12. The broadcast may not, but I can tell you like have a person there. If you whack the grand off, I'd say you're about right. Let's go 250 is probably about a safe bet. But it was grim. It was grim. But right, Rising struggled a lot yeah, there, and it was... Not ideal, far, far from ideal. Um, I think, you know, we, we, we want to talk about one person in particular, don't we, really? We did. So we actually have a fun little graphic. So this was tweeted out as, um, what, a, our guest a week or so ago when you were gone, you know, uh, I had to get a lot of people in here. But yeah, uh, this was from John Morrissey at USL Tactics, always putting out good stuff. He put this out. This is uh, kind of for those of you who are watching on audio and we'll break it down for you. This is essentially showcasing who are the more active crossers across USL. And you'll notice for those of you watching, it's Erickson Gallardo is up on the list for Phoenix Rising. Now, 
to be clear here, you're seeing a couple different columns. First one being matches at 7.7. .7. That's essentially you take all of his minutes, average it across 90. It says he's played about 7.7 .7 matches. That's the lowest on the list, yet he's still up high for the number of crosses per match at about 4.6. So essentially he's crossing the ball about four or five times a match. And the crossing accuracy, interesting, right? Middle of the pack, 23%. Here's the two stats that jump out to me. 0.52 assists. You're saying that Erickson Gallardo is essentially good for one assist every other game, and the set, which is tops of the list. And again, considering that he's played far less matches than anyone on here, pretty significant. Second one being key passes, about 2.5 key passes per game. That's also tops on this list. This is something where stats can be deceptive that if you look at the eye test of Erickson Gallardo, I think that we've all been very down on him. He has spurts. He had that really nice match against Memphis where he was named our man of the match. And he really has put in some performances that are, you can see the potential of this player, but it's been inconsistent. And it kind of draws the line of in this Miami match, his total XG, which again is different than crosses, but just to give you an idea of his profile as a player, 0.034, including that miss that we thought was actually a pretty tough one. You know, maybe looking at the XG, maybe we were being a bit too harsh, but again, a player where you look at the eye test, streaky as heck, but according to the stats, one of the better crossers in the league. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, we actually looked at a lot of things there, and we looked at his expected assist, didn't we, that one? Uh, shout out to Reese doing some research for us, good friend mm -hmm. of the podcast here, but yeah, he's okay. it turns... <laughs> It turns out that actually he leads this team in XA, which is which, per 90. which is baffling. To me. Expected assists yeah. per ninety. So that was something that we we were kind of looking at a lot because we knew that Gallardo is one of the guys who loses possession more than anyone else. Yep. We were looking at this was like, okay, who else is up high on that list? Someone else who is up pretty high on that list? Panos Amanakis, yep. right? But we were like, okay, that's fine because Panos is someone who is creative, who is going to be realistically putting up much higher numbers. We thought in a lot of the attacking categories yep. that he was going to be. Uh, just really much more of a nuisance, let's say, in kind of his production. Yep. Um, and while he is producing a lot in terms of assists, so so is Gallardo per 90. Um, that surprised us. That surprised us that someone who I think, when you look at it with the eye test, isn't necessarily getting it done. Yep. When you delve a little bit deeper, it does look better than you originally thought. Now, that isn't to say, of course, Ericsson Gallardo doesn't still have a lot of things to work on. He does. But I think the key thing here is we'd seen a lot of hatred... Um, hatred sounds maybe a little bit harsh. It wasn't quite that bad. It was a lot of uh, dislike, let's say, Negative. of um, a lot of negativity. There we go towards Ericsson Gallardo. And yeah. while some things definitely do still need improving, uh, there are other things as well that are uh, interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think going back to right the Panos Armanaka's point, that's something that I brought up. Of he, you know, him and Gallardo were tied for most possession time, most times having possession loss in that match against Miami. The difference here is you will take the trade off of Panos because he's also top, you know, tops of the list, if not the top in chances created in most matches, the dynamic playmaker that he is, and it's kind of the high risk high reward. It's actually kind of interesting. Panos is typically losing the ball. A little bit on the wide area, but mainly in the center of the pitch where you do not want to lose the ball. Gallardo, he's losing it on the sideline, which you're thinking, okay, it's low risk. What's the big deal? Well, the issue is it, the amount that he consistently loses it, if it's in those low risk areas, kind of shows to me that he's not always the most clinical in the, pro in the crossing in terms of what we see. Again, this is where the stats, bit deceptive. I think the jury 
in some ways, I don't want to say is out on him, but I think it's something where how often can he make these spurts of matches kind of make it more consistently over a longer, uh, you know, set of time. I'd like to just take a little look at the chat here. As Goalie Man Pat says, Gallardo is Michael's new Arteaga. Yeah, and Michael immediately follows up with pace bitches. I'm, actually, I'm gonna, I'm, <laughs> if, if, he, if that is true, it's actually not a bad thing because look at where Arteaga is now. So I'm actually okay with this. I'm okay with him embracing I think it. there were moments where I actually didn't like certain things that Gallardo was doing. I think there were moments where when I looked in the last match, what I saw was someone who had the pace to take on the team and sometimes was stopping, slowing it down, even though there was an opportunity to maybe be a little bit more aggressive. We saw him get yep. there, beat the defender to get the ball in the that first place and then maybe slow yeah. it down. That's not what we necessarily want to see out of him. We want to see him use that explosive pace. We yep. want to see him use it in a way that is dangerous. And it's, it's critical to have that as an option, right? We've been so critical over the, the course of the season of just how slow rising can be in its attack, how much it is willing to just slow the game down needlessly on times because yep. they're trying to get extra passes in, it almost feels like, right? Yep. We understand the need for a possession-based system on times. At times, this was going a little bit too far, we thought. However, in this case, as you look at it, you've got a guy who's got the pace, who's got the ability to change those things. What you need, I think, is the... At times... I don't know if I'd say discipline or yeah. awareness to make the right decisions yeah. in those moments. And sometimes the ball is going over the top. Sometimes he's got to know that he should just take it on. He shouldn't slow it down. He missed an empty net. Like I said, again, look, we've all said this. We all say by the eye test, you look at it and think it's a great shot. All yeah. the data suggests that people don't score that. Yeah. Most people do not score that. It's a very, very low XG shot. Yeah. Very low. Most people do not put that in the back of the net. So. Again, again, people are saying open, open net, which which is which is fair. But also, there's defenders in the way. You have to chip. Like I think defenders. It was on the air in the air. I think it's, it's something not. where, in retrospect and watching it back again, I think it could be. It was a bit harder harsh. than it initially felt. But sure. that, that, I still think I was shocked it was as low XG as it was. Yeah, I was expecting a lot more people would score in those kind of positions. No, for sure. I mean, going going back to your point, right, of... Because I, too, was very critical of that miss at the time. Yes. No, very much so. And, you know, I think going back to your point of how he operates as a player, he's definitely a guy where, you know, he does sometimes take those extra touches. I think the, the match against Memphis where he excelled, granted, maybe a bit of a misnomer because everyone excelled seemingly for rising, is... In his goal, right, played over the top, one, you know, bodies the defender, one touch, pushes it forward, and then boom, slots in the back of the net. And then the assist that he had to Fede Varela, you know, again, plays it forward deliberately off a, of a nice kind of combination play with uh, Quejo, you know, boom, one touch, crosses it in. It's something where this team, I get their possession dominant, and that's fine. But you have to put yourself in more positions where you don't have to overthink the passes. I think it does seem almost in a way where it's kind of like one of those drills where, okay, guys, you have to complete 10 or 15 passes before you're able to move forward. And I think this team plays best where they find the balance of, yes, you build through possession, but like those touches and those passes are boom, crisp, go, boom, crisp, go. And you're not overthinking the play, right? It's, Once again, yeah. though, I, I'm saying Bandito's blew it in the chat. We gifted Miami both goals. That was the biggest issue oh, on Saturday, 100%. No, no, no question whatsoever. I think that, look, Rising, could they have scored two or three goals in the first half? Absolutely, they could have. They only scored one in the end. But the biggest issue, you are correct, is they gave away two ridiculous goals, okay? That should yeah, not I mean, be given away that first one by a team excusable. that is of the quality that Rising do actually have. And we've seen them put out there in spurts, even if we haven't seen always the um, consistency there from them. Um, but we've seen that in spurts. So, yeah. 100%. No, I, I think it's one of those things where... 
you know, kind of to find the balance, seeing when they slow the game down, they're able to still make it work from them, but also speeding it up to where, hey, you take your pass, you go, don't make those errors on defense, and you kind of improve moving forward. Sometimes, though, where you do need to slow down, to the friends at OGs. They make you feel nice and slow. That's not the transition I was expecting in that one. That's not the transition I was expecting in that one. I heard him use the word balance and thought no, that was no, going to no, be no, it. No, 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 no. You're enjoying a nice, you know, Indica with our friends at OGs brands. You know, uh, they're pink lemonade. They're summer edition. They got the cool Indica there, uh, you know, make you feel nice and loose. All of that good jazz they have. Rumor has it, Max will buy. Apparently, I'm just buying everything now. Uh, don't clip that. Uh, you know, you, get, you got the Indicas, you got the Sativas, you have the fruits, the creams, everything like that, the happy balance. OG's is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, rumor has it that some people who drove to Vegas from the PHX Sunscreen may or may not have taken some OG's and uh, may have not had a good time. You know, that's neither here nor there. We're definitely not outing anyone, but they do travel well. They are absolutely phenomenal. Seeing in the chat, boom, they are so good with an all caps, absolutely freaking lootly. They are totally phenomenal uh you know we tried it on the pod fantastic well not on the pod uh us on the pod he definitely, he definitely never i would never uh, he definitely still would. never got ramon to do that by the way he, he, he was I'm, supposed to do the episode yeah, on I, we have not forgot mr don't worry you you can do ramon it wait no 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 you we, can we are now. not passing this off to me there but you are. our friends at og's brands absolutely have you covered always good stuff again this they are arizona's scratch made hometown THC gummies. And again, you can find them on Instagram at OG's Brands. That's O G E E Z Brands. Check them out online at OG'sBrands.com to find that dispensary near you. Again, you must be 21 years or older to enjoy responsibly. Something else you have to be 21 years or older to enjoy responsibly is our friends at Valley Tap Room. Again, apparently, Corn and Tyler, Max, if I meet you, I expect 30 beers after all y'all have said. I haven't said anything. This is not me. He's Th buying. This is no. This He's is buying. this guy. This is this guy He's where he, he he has twisted he my tweets. He has twisted my words. He has re-recorded on podcast. He has Producer gone. Leah, can we get the comment, please? No, he has gone to the ends of the earth to make sure that I buy Max beers, which will is not happen. Buying beers. I do not. It consent. says it on the screen. That does so not mean it must anything. Be true. Oh, now you're gonna hack into the PHX sports account. Oh, beers. You're no. also supposed to do two more shots, Max. You I, cheated out of shots. Okay, well, apparently this is all going to happen at Valley Taproom. Wait, I can't keep saying this sarcastically because you're going to clip it. But no, none of this will happen at Valley Taproom. It's it, all happening at Valley Taproom. We're going to go to our friends at Valley Taproom for a nice, tranquil, quiet time. Maybe a couple beers will be ingested and indulged upon. Our friends at Valley Taproom, they always have great stuff. We've been there for trivia. Uh, rumor has it, again, also to be announced this week or next, a World Cup watch party as well at our friends at Valley Taproom. They're absolutely phenomenal stuff. Love them. My man Donald out there, freaking awesome. Um, check them out in person at the 202 and Gilbert. And then also on Instagram, at Valley Taproom. Again, they always got uh, trivia, karaoke. Um, they have wine slushies. They have all different types of liquor. Fort Peaks beer. They have all the great stuff. Uh, yeah, check them out. Love our friends at Valley Taproom. Huh. Oh, man, that's a lot of yelling. There's actually a serious question in yes. here in the chat, so I think we should address that one. Do you guys think Trio will find a way back into the starting 11? That's a good question. Look, I think there's a long break coming up now, and it's going to be a good time for the club to reset a little bit, to take a little bit of a break, yeah. to consider as he laughs because there's more stuff in here about how you're not getting into <laughs> yeah, the yeah, condo, you're having question. so many beers. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of time for the club to reset, reevaluate on times. I think also, though, what you're going to find is that he's going to have a little bit of difficulty getting into that team. I think what you're going to find is you've got... Kevin Lambert coming back for the next game. He will be back. I, I, regardless yeah. what happens tomorrow I, 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 and on Sunday, he'll I, be back. I, I just, regardless, to, be fair, to be fair, yeah. I, I'd probably tell the guy, if they win the Gold Cup, you know what? Maybe just give him the week off. Go, drink, mean, it. Honestly, Go drink it off, my man. Go do your, your Grealish and, and get it out of you. Fair. I mean, <laughs> wow, I love that. Doing a Grealish. Gosh. Um, no, I, I mean, I think, you know, 
try to find a way to work back in the starting 11. I just don't see it because if I'm being honest, right, whether they're playing the back three, the back four, I personally, it seems like they're my guess, probably switch back to a back three. But regardless, I think it's something where, right, who do you take out? I mean, Kev Lambert absolutely is coming back into that starting center back position. You have Fuenmayor, who hasn't done anything for, to me to displace him. Yes, Crutzen had the mistake, but again, other than that, has been pretty consistent the entire time throughout the season. I just don't know who you place. Again, Triori was in the starting lineup, but that's because there were injuries right off the bat. He's worked his way through, again, based off of injuries. I, there's just no one that's droppable to me. And if I'm being honest, I don't think he's been horrific in his starts but he hasn't done anything to me where it's like this guy warrants more playing time i don't mind him in a startup player position where hey come in see the last 15 minutes out whatever like if you need a a change of pace but i just don't really see something where he warrants the starting lineup that's even less of an indictment on him that's just how good the defense has been all things considered again we talked about it this team defensively is better than where their club standing is in the table absolutely yeah all right, well, you know what? There is something else we need to get in here. We were planning on getting in here, but we didn't know it would quite take this long. But it was mentioned in the chat this. We are going to talk about it. The CONCACAF Gold Cup. Semi-finals are tomorrow. First up, it is the U.S. playing Panama. Second, Kev Lambert and the Jamaica squad taking on Mexico. Yes. Will Kev Lambert be playing in a Gold Cup final? Max. Yes. I, everyone, He's fully in on this. Everyone, everyone who's... Listen, I understand that, oh, Mexico, you know, they've been proved as the tournament goes on, da-da-da-da-da. I'm not sold. I'm not sold. I haven't been sold on Mexico even before the U.S. absolutely mollywopped them yeah, in the, the Mexico Nations League. The Mexico squad that lost to Qatar in the That's set, what I'm match. saying. Like, this is, this is something... Qatar, who got battered by Panama. If people are neutrals, and even if they're not neutrals, they're just going to pick Mexico because, oh, it's Mexico. People think Jamaica doesn't have any play with whatever. If you have been watching this Gold Cup, where is the indication that Jamaica shouldn't be favored in this match? I don't even know what the odds say, but they, to me, should be well, favored Jamaica, to go for Jamaica's the final. win the Gold Cup. What's Jamaica's win the Gold Cup? What do you think? Give me the odds. Oh, I've got to make you staring at my phone. Guess, I think it's like plus 700. It's uh, plus 700 friend, right, right now. Bet oh, it's just that Mexico damn good. Mexico plus 100. Damn USA damn plus 150. Jamaica plus 700. The, Disrespect. The fact that Mexico that is the one that's crazy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jamaica at seven to one. Nah, nah. nah when have nah. I ever let you guys down on a bet? Like, come on. Many times. Well, no, but this is, is not one of those times. This man's betting on the U.S., which means it's going to be Jamaica. I, I, I didn't even say I'm going to. I didn't. I'm actually not betting on the U.S. to to win. Yeah. Could you imagine? And this final. is VJ here in the chat. You know what? I was saying this on the weekend. I know. We I were. We were all saying it. How Carlos is he not Harvey in was in that Panama squad. Can you imagine having a Gold Cup final? With I don't a rising get it. I don't get either it. side. And that's like genuine legit right now. Tyler's saying 2-1 Jamaica Actually, yeah, yeah. over Mexico. Send, send us the, the score predictions. I'm curious. Yeah, give I'm me curious. your Jamaica score predictions. I want to hear them. I want to hear them. You know, I think this Jamaica squad in many ways is interesting to me. They are a better team than we've seen Jamaica in recent years. They've also got the man himself doing video analysis by the looks for him in the Jamaican Fabrizio. If you, uh, those of you who know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. He's actually working with the JFF now by mm. the looks. Um, but... Nice, Mikey. 
but if you look at things, you look at some of the players that they've got there. Yeah. There's some really good players. They've brought their stars to this tournament in a way that other countries have not. Like yep. Canada didn't. The US have not. Mexico really just look weak at the moment right now. BJ saying Jamaica to take it from it. the spot. I love it. Gunman Pat, if Jamaica get an early goal, that crab will turn on Mexico so quick they won't recover. Michael, 3-1. Is that 3-1 to the reggae boys, Michael? Please tell us in the chat. Is it 3-1 to the reggae boys? Or to Mexico? Also, one of, one, of, one of the best, if not the best. 1-0 Jamaica, says... Are Mexico playing their first team? Um... Yeah, I, eh. I mean, I would. Say, there's eh. definitely, there's definitely some guys missing, but I would say Lamba hat trick says super chat. I would, I love that. I, I that is unhinged. I would say, I would say, Utterly unhinged. I would say Mexico is playing their first team more than the U.S. is for context. There's definitely some guys in there that are you know regular first teamers or at least getting heavy minutes, but they're missing a lot of guys. Either way. Mexico to say they're not going for it is also not doing them a disservice. Mexico is going for this. They are pitting one of their more favorite teams out there. I don't think it's going to matter. I can think Jamaica's going to win. Can I give you this one? You, yes. want, you want a line that you'll like? Hit me. Kevin Lambert to score any time plus 900. Mm, oh, he's not, thinking about that one. Our friend, ben MGM Sportsbook. Oh my word. Ooh, dude, don't tell me with a good time. Don't do, so so US, USA Panama is 430 local kickoff. Right, mm -hmm. and then uh, Jamaica, Mexico, seven, seven, uh, seven. Yeah, seven. Well, whether that's true time or not, it's Concacaf time. They'll it kick is. off when they want to kick off. Got, yeah, they they go when they feel like it. They um, go when they feel like they it. They do. Um, all all I'm saying, it's going to set up a very interesting final. Final would be Sunday, but regardless how the next so start, yes, regardless how the next these two matches go, Thursday. We're going to be doing a pretty nice deep dive into the Gold Cup, and especially if Jamaica makes it through, it's going to set a pretty interesting time, right? Let's get, let's get it going. Just a little bit. Just what, what's, what's, a your, little bit. what's your prediction for the Jamaica-Mexico match? Give me a scoreline. Scoreline? Yeah. 2-1 Jamaica. 200, does, does Kev Lambert get on the score sheet? No. That's fair. Yeah, yeah that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. BJ putting 10 on Lambert on the Ben Jam Sportsbook app. We absolutely love it. Um, yeah, I'm going to go... Oh man, I like I like one I like one nil I like one nil Jamaica just cagey affair. Uh, it will not be Kev Lambert, but uh, yeah, if 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 Kev Lambert scores, I think our Twitter is going to absolutely break. Um, man, if Kev yeah. Lambert scores, we're just the the PHNX Rising Twitter will. I think we'll be drunk on. I think we're going to be drunk on. Thursday. Michaela's not here, is she? No, no comment. It'll be deactivated. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh my word all right i i think we oh yeah and the u.s panama i mean bj wants to say 2-0 u.s anyone else got any predictions for the u.s panama or are we just talking kev lambert i guess we i mean i don't know there's that yeah give me give me two dosa cero dosa dosa cero u.s uh, I, all right we, we yeah. ended there we ended we're, there we're, we're, we, we ended there this has been uh quite the show uh lot covered appreciate you guys sticking with us again join us on Thursday at 6 p.m., where we're going to be doing, you know, uh, CONCAF Gold Cup breakdown of the two matches we saw, as well as a preview into the final. Again, you can check us out on Twitter. Please follow us on everything. Again, I cannot stress enough. Thank you guys all for commenting, for engaging in what we're doing. This has been, I think, not only one of like our largest view shows. Has it, for... Rumor has it that if Kev scores, yeah. 
Can we include... So hang on a minute. If he scores, you do two shots. What the... If it's an assist, you, <laughs> you do one. Just, you can't just, like, call these out and just let me just to go with it. He does. He does. Okay. He what? does. He does. Okay. Can yeah. I... Let me... Can also, I... Max is buying drinks. <sighs> one more time, please, producer Leah. Yeah, okay, okay. Just to illustrate uh, again. Uh, okay. Max is buying beers. How about something I will actually commit to? If... There's two stipulations. It's it's the parlay, the maxims and parlay, if you will. If Jamaica win, yep. And if Kev Lambert scores tomorrow and Wednesday on Thursday's show, I don't know. You wanna, you want, you wanna. I'll do a shot. I'll He'll do a, do shot. a shot. I'll do a shot. I'll do a shot. Fine. You should do two. He still owes two anyway. Stop it! I don't owe two. Yeah, you do. Fuck it. I'll do two shots. Do it. He's doing two. I'll, there I'll we do go. Two shots if both those happen. <laughs> Look how easy that is. Good luck. You free. You won't. You won't. I hear you're doing free, Max. Good luck. Okay. No, no, no we're done. We're done here. No, uh, no. You, you can follow us on Twitter at phnx underscore underscore because double underscore. Double the shots that Max I literally, I, I, I called that from a mile away. That's exactly where you're going to go. Yes, please leave a like. Thank you guys again so much for tuning in. Um, this is something where this has been a really fun show. Uh, I think one of our more engaged shows just from the comments perspective. Like, appreciate you guys for a midweek show. This is awesome. You can follow me on Twitter at Max David Simpson. You can follow Owen on Twitter at OJ Evans 18. Absolutely. And again, we'll catch you guys on Thursday. But until then, it's the beautiful game, but it's way more beautiful when it's free. Pro relegation is a possibility. Let's go.